welcome to our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. I'm Anna Townsend, and I'm the preschool pastor here at Rolling Hills. Today, we're bringing our series Advance to a close as we discuss mental health. Knowledge and wisdom are things that we'd all like to have, right? But as Christ followers, how can we please God even as we are growing in our knowledge, insight, and understanding? Let's learn more about that in today's conclusion to our series as we head into God's Word together. Thanks for being here. Good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. It's so good to be together today. I'm so glad you're here at our Franklin campus. If you're joining us online, so glad to be a part of what God's doing together. And this morning, we come to the conclusion of an amazing series. We've been in this awesome series called Advance. And what we're endeavoring to do is to advance, right, spiritually, to become mature in our faith, to grow deeper in our love for Christ. And so we've been talking about these five different areas, right? We started the first week talking about physical. And how do we advance physically in 2022? How do we understand that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit? And so what we do with our body matters and taking care of our body and using it for God's glory. And then we talked about relational. How do we advance relationally in 22? And how do we grow deeper in our love for God and, and stronger in our love for others, right? And, and become the men and women that God created us to be in all of our relationships. And whether we're parents or we're married or we're grandparents or with our roommates or our classmates, for us to have strong relationships in 22. And then we said, emotionally, how can we advance emotionally this year? You know, so many times our emotions get the best of us, but how do we have self-control when it comes to our emotions? And looking at Psalm 73, right? Whom have I in heaven but you? And my heart and my flesh may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And then last week we talked about financially. How do we advance financially? And we we came out to this principle that 10, 10, 80, our first 10% we give, our second 10% we save, and then we live on 80%. We live below our means. And and for us to get our finances in order, to bring glory to God, not to let money control us, but for us to be able to control money and to use it to make a difference in the world today. And then today we're talking about this, mentally. How do we advance mentally? How can we be healthy mentally? Now, mental health is a big topic in our culture, in our country, in our world today. And mental health, you can define it this way. You know, mental health is our psychological and it's our social well-being. And and it affects how we think, how we feel, how we act. It it impacts everything, right? It impacts our relationships. It impacts our job. We understand there's stress in our lives. But how how do we do that right? How do we advance mentally in our hearts and in our lives? And we see this in the toll that it's taken even on our world today. Uh, USA Today did an exclusive poll talking about this mental health. And it, it said an overwhelming majority of Americans believe the U.S. is in the grips of a full-blown mental health crisis, according to this USA Today poll. Nearly two years into the COVID-19 pandemic, which brought a rise in depression, anxiety, stress, addiction, and other challenges, almost nine in 10 registered voters believe there's a mental health crisis in the nation. 
And though it may be rare to find such agreement in a nation divided over so many issues, mental health experts said they're not surprised. The deputy director of the National Institute of Mental Health said, mental health is the top of mind for people. Even if someone isn't experiencing problems themselves, they know someone who is, she said. It's something we're all dealing with right now. And it impacts every different stage of life, right? I mean, whether children are dealing with mental health issues, right, or students in those adolescent years, or, or young adults as parents, or, or older adults and grandparents, and different stages of our life, mental health just flares up. And especially in the middle of this global pandemic, how do we deal with that? How do we advance mentally? How do we become stronger and become the men and women God created us to be? Well, God has a lot to say to us. And I'm so thankful that you're here today because I believe God's gonna speak to every one of us through his word and what God wants to teach us today. So if you have a Bible with you today, I invite you up with me to the book of Romans. Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12. If you don't have a Bible, if you need one, if you're here on campus, then there's some in the back. I'd love for you to grab a Bible. If you're watching online, you can go to the Rolling Hills app and you can go there and you can find the scripture. You can go to Version. If you have a mobile device, you can access the scripture there as well. But Romans chapter 12, midway through New Testament, the Apostle Paul's writing the church in Rome, and it is just an amazing, amazing letter here. It's just so much deep truth, and it's rich. And you come here to chapter 12, and chapter 12 is the hinge of the book of Romans. I mean, everything kind of turns here in chapter 12, and he starts off, and he says, therefore. Now, we said anytime you see a therefore in the Bible, you say, what's it there for, right? What's well, connecting chapters 1 through 11. And 1 through 11 is this deep doctrine, this theology, all talking about Christ. I mean, it's beautiful. You like chapters one through three, you see the total depravity of man. You see our need. We all have a need. There's a God-shaped hole in every one of us. You come to chapter five, right? It says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this while we were still sinners. Now we got cleaned up and figured it out ourselves. No, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans eight, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. All right, I mean, if God is for us, who can be against us? I mean, it's just these incredible truths, right? You get to 9, 10, 11, the sovereignty of God. We are engrafted branches. And then you come to chapter 12, and he says, therefore, this is how you live it out. And 12 through 16 is just this, this mandate to say, you live as redeemed believers. You live in light of this theology and this doctrine. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy... He's like, think about what God's done for you. Think about that a sovereign God sent his one and only son to die on a cross for you. In view of God's mercy, think about who you are in Christ. In view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. See, worship isn't just, you know, hey, we do four or five songs on Sunday, that's worship, check, you know, then there's teaching and, and I kind of do the own thing after that. No, no, worship's how we live our life. Worship is our response to God for who he is and for what he's doing in our lives, that we can live worship every day. That's our response. And then look at verse two. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. How often do we try to conform to the pattern of this world, Right? It's like, no, 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 no. The world is different. The world's gonna live for itself. The world's all gonna be about money or success or identity and the things of this world. And you go, hold on. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. And here's the key, look at this. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
This is discipleship right here. The transformation that you are in Christ now. You are different. You are redeemed. There's a renewing of your mind. It's being transformed. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do you realize that God has a perfect will for your life? God is perfect. God created you. God put you at this time in history, in this place, in this family, for a reason. And God has a perfect plan for you. And sometimes we settle for God's goodwill, right? Or, or we're like, I don't know. Or sometimes it's his pleasing will. God redeems and God restores. But God has a perfect will for you. And he wants you to know that and he wants you to know him. And that's where we grow to be healthy. All right, if you're taking notes today, here's some things I'd love for you to write down. If you've got a worship guide here at Franklin, if you're online, you go to the Rolling Hills app and you can fill in some blanks there. It just helps us to know, to remember. But this is such an important day for all of us. So look at this one. Trust in God. If we're to advance, if we're to advance mentally this year, we've got to learn to trust in God with our lives. He says, you know, I urge you, brothers and sisters, a view of God's mercy. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship, right? That I live a life of worship, that I live a life of faith, that I live a life of trust. Commit your life to Jesus. And here's what I mean by that, right? You know, sometimes we go, well, I was at church and it was great, it was awesome. And then I kind of go back and I fall into the pattern of the world. <laughs> and so Monday comes and I'm living for that. And I've got my little Jesus over here on Sundays. And then, wow, I got a lot of job during the week. I got a lot of family during the week. I got a lot of struggles during the week. And, but, but Jesus is kind of over here, you know? And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. What if Jesus comes into every area of our life? What if we say, you know what? I'm gonna commit my life fully to Jesus. Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my marriage. <laughs> Lord, I want you to be the, the savior of my heart. I want you to redeem my relationships. Jesus, I want you to come in with my roommates. I want you to come in my parenting. I want you to come in my workplace. Jesus, I want you, I want to be fully committed to you. There's the game changer right there, right? So for us, man, to trust in God means we commit fully to him. Look at this. Give God your joy and your pain. We know a lot of times when things are going good, we're like, yeah, God, we're good, right? We're good. Woo, high five. Things are great. You're good. But then there's the time of pain. Then there's the time that things hit us out of the blue that we weren't ready for. You know, COVID is a generational defining moment, right? But every generation's had something. You know, you go back, whether it was Vietnam or 9-11 or these generational things that come that nobody knew was coming. I mean, we didn't expect that. But in our lives, there's times of pain. We live in a broken world. We live in a fallen world. And there's times when, when grief comes. And all of us have experienced loss, right, during these last two years. And man, it's hard. And we, we experience that pain. And, and what we tend to do is we isolate ourselves then. We're like, I'm just gonna deal with myself. I'm just gonna get through this instead of turning around and going, okay, God, I'm gonna bring this to you. God, I'm gonna trust you. God, speak to me in the middle of the pain. Here's what C.S. Lewis says. I love this. Pain insists upon being attended to. God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our consciences, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. It's in the middle of the pain that God's speaking the loudest, and we can shun him or we can turn to him. It's in the middle of the pain and the hurt. We go, God, I need you. And God's like, I'm here for you. 
Lord, I need you. Yes, I need you. And God's like, I'm right here. Draw close, my child. Draw close, my son, my daughter. I've got you. See, I think so many people, even today, right, in this hurting world, they're, they're looking for help and hope. If you keep reading on from USA Today, so many people said, we don't know how to fix this. This mental health crisis, we don't know. It's not money that's gonna fix it. We're like, yeah, it's not money. It's gonna fix it. It's Christ. It's the hope. And people are turning now and coming and saying, I need help. I need hope. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. So dwell on God's mercy and love in your life. If we could develop this habit of knowing God, of being in this presence, of walking with him every day, of learning about him, if we could dwell with him, not just on Sundays, which is awesome and it's great, it should get us fired up and get us in the word, but then it call us to live that kind of life. I love Isaiah, Isaiah 26.3. Check out this verse. He says, you will keep, that's God, right? You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Isn't that amazing? You, God, will keep in perfect peace. When you want that in your life, I want that in my life, right? Perfect peace, right? It, it doesn't matter what the crisis is. It doesn't matter the challenge because every day there's gonna be a new challenge. There's gonna be a new crisis. Every year there's gonna be something we're gonna face. But, but what if I had perfect peace? That God is with me. God is for me. God, I don't know how this is gonna work out, but God, I trust you. God, you are sovereign over it all because my mind is steadfast because I trust in the Lord Almighty. Trust in God. Trust in God. Look at this, the battle is in your mind. The battle is in your mind, right? By the transforming of your mind. This is discipleship, this is sanctification. But the battle, we have to realize, is in your mind. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What goes into your mind? See, allow God to renew your mind. A lot of times we just kind of think, oh, it's no big deal, right? I can watch this show, I can be on Netflix, it's not that big of a deal all the time, you know, I can listen to this stuff. But after a while, we have to realize all those messages that we're putting in our mind impact us. All those thoughts that we keep putting in our mind, they impact us. Our self-talk impacts us, right? The things we say to ourselves, the things we believe about ourselves, it, it just comes back to us. Did you realize fear sells, you know? So, so the news is gonna throw out everything that's negative, 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 negative. And we need to know what's going on in the world. We need to be you know, wise to what's happening around us, but we don't need to dwell there all the time. That's what it's in, in, in all social media. It's just trying to bring us in, bring us in, bring us in. But we have to allow God. Are we thinking about the things of God? Are we allowing him in our mind? See, what goes into your mind matters. There's an old saying, right? Garbage in, garbage out. You know, what comes into my mind is gonna come out in my life. What am I putting in? What am I allowing in to my mind? Philippians 4.8, it's incredible, right? Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And if I could begin to say, wait a minute, what's gonna go in here? What's gonna camp out in here? What am I gonna think about? What am I gonna dwell on? Because the battle is right here. So in 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says, take captive every thought. Take captive every thought. So when thoughts come into my mind, am I gonna let it sit there or am I gonna say, hold on, that's, that's not of the Lord. <laughs> the enemy's trying to bring that thought in my mind, right? Other people bring that thought, yeah, that's not of the Lord. I don't need that in my mind. There's an old saying, sow a thought, reap an action. Sow an action, reap a habit. Sow a habit, reap a lifestyle. 
So we go back to sow a thought. What are the thoughts that are coming in? What are the thoughts that are taking root in my mind? Now, if you're a parent here, I just wanna speak to you just for a second, right? Or you're a future parent here. You, you know, we have an incredible responsibility for what goes into the minds of our kids. And there has been a game changer over the last several years that's impacted the mental health of so many kids in social media. It, it, bottom line, and, and for us, you know, as adults, a lot of times we can handle it, we can scroll through, we still have the jealousy, we have the envy, you know, because we're scrolling through, we're scrolling, we're like, how'd they get that? What are they doing with that, you know? But, but for kids, it's tough. And, and a lot of them aren't prepared enough for that. And so, you know, maybe the world says, hey, give your kid a phone when they're in third grade or fourth grade. You know, everybody's doing it, right? You know, give your kid social media, give your kid, you know, TikTok when they're in fourth grade. And you're like, really? Hold on. Are, are my kids ready for that? It, you, it's okay, be the parent, right? We're the parent when it comes to grades, we're the parent when it comes to sports, we're the parent that makes decisions for them. We can be a parent and say, you know what? You, you don't need that right now. You're a middle school girl, you don't need that right now, okay? You, you don't need to be dealing with Snapchat right now. Whatever it is, you just have to say, hey, there's things that you can handle, there's things you're not. And for us, you know, there's some kids who can handle it and there's other kids who can't. And for us to be that parent, or if our kid's going through a struggle, we have to go, hey, let me step in and get you help. Let me, let me let you talk to a counselor. Let me help you talk to somebody. Let me bring you to church so that you have godly people around you because what goes into their mind matters. What goes into our mind matters, but for us, we've gotta help those who come behind us. This is important. It impacts their mental health and impacts our mental health, right? And so this one, live for God. <laughs> live for God. Then you'll be able to test and prove what his, God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. God, I want your perfect will in my life. I, I don't wanna just conform to the things of this world and think that money's gonna satisfy or success is gonna satisfy or I have to do everything like everybody else and it's always the bigger house, the bigger car, the bigger, that's my identity, that's my success. Those things are fine, but don't let that be your worth, be your value. Seek after the Lord and his perfect will for your life. God's got a great plan for you. Hey, focus your mind on God every day. Focus your mind. That's why it's so important when you wake up. Man, what's my first thought? When I wake up, you know, I just gotta understand, what am I gonna put in my head? Am I gonna spend some time in the daily sip? Am I gonna grab God's word? You know, when I'm driving to work, I'm driving to school, what am I listening to? What are the things that are going into my mind? What, what, what's the type of music? You know, what am I setting that stone, that tone for my kids? What, what am I putting in here? I wanna focus on the Lord. Look at this. Many people medicate themselves so they don't have to think about their struggles. This is what happens in the world today, right? This is what happens in the world today. You know, people come home, I get home from work, and man, I'm so tired, and so man, where's the alcohol? I just gotta grab it, because I don't wanna think about the struggles at work, I don't wanna think about the struggles at home, so man, let me just medicate myself. Or drugs. sports or busyness, you just name it. And some of those things are bad things, but man, if they become our medication, if they become the thing that we try to remove ourselves and so we don't have to deal with the problems in our life, we're missing it. We're missing it. And that's what happens for so many people. Look, stress is an indicator to our mind and our body. The stress is, is, is healthy in a way, right? It keeps us alert, it keeps us active. But when it becomes excessive, that's an indicator light to say, hold on. Are you drawn away from God? You're moving away from him. Press into him. Pray. 
Turn it over to him. When that worry, that fear, that anxiety begins to well up in you and you're like, ah, I'm losing control here. I don't have control here. I better go drink. I better go do this. I better go do that. No, 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 no. Turn to the Lord. He said, God, I wanna give my life to you. I'm gonna pray about this. I wanna trust you in this. I wanna give it over. That's an indicator for me. Corey Timboom said this. Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrow. It empties today of its strength. That's powerful. You see, we can't control tomorrow, right? But we worry, we worry, we worry. And in the process of all of that excessiveness, we're emptying the day of its strength. Instead of going, God, you got it. I don't understand it. I don't know what's coming. I don't know what's getting. But God, I'm trusting you. Trusting you. I want you to hear today from a guy in our church named Marty Coleman. And, and Marty's an amazing man of God. Marty is actually our facilities director here at Rolling Hills. And so Marty and his family moved here six months ago. He was the facilities director at Yale University up in Connecticut and uh, left up there, moved down here to be with us and to be on our staff team. And uh, just an amazing man of God. And I'm so thankful that you're here and amazing wife and great kids. And Marty, it's just a joy to serve God with you. But, uh, but tell us about your journey, in the, especially in this area of mental health. Sure, sure, thank you. Um, so my name is Marty. I was born and raised in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. Um, and I uh, had a great family, mom, dad, and sister, and uh, we were raised loosely Catholic. Uh, and as soon as I could turn away from attending, I did. Mm. Uh, so my teenage years, I kind of backed away. And uh, after graduating from high school, I joined the Army. I was 19 years old, and I was, it was a really great fit for me. I loved working with my hands. I loved the camaraderie of the troops, and uh, things were really going well. It was a good choice, mm -hmm. you know? And uh, a couple years in, I, I married my wife, Maggie, and we're coming up on 22 years now. Um, and we lived in Clarksville, Tennessee. We were just up the road. And it was, it was beautiful. Like, we loved it. We settled in, you know, young newlyweds, and just things were great for about a year and a half. And then uh, September 11th, 2001, uh, things took a very dramatic shift. Uh, you know, being a soldier in the Army, uh, our unit was readied and deployed. I was part of the 101st Airborne, and so we we went over in support of Operation Enduring Freedom over to Afghanistan, and uh, that was that was pivotal. That was very difficult to uh, to manage, um, and what I found myself doing was withdrawing. Uh, difficult circumstances, you know, produced this kind of retreat, you know, and the shutdown mentality, um, and. Uh, we were deployed, our, our, obviously I came back, God protected us, but uh, the entire unit came back and that, that's notable because I mean, we had 384 soldiers, all went and all returned home and so God was so gracious to us. Yeah. Um, but four months after being home back in Clarksville, I was sent again overseas, this time I went to Korea and in the last 22 months that I was in the army, I spent 18 months apart from family and Maggie most importantly. Uh, and in, in that time, uh, my coping mechanism became uh, withdrawing, uh, kind of shutting down emotionally, and I found myself medicating mm -hmm. with video games and uh, some pretty unsavory internet searches. And uh, that became my escape. Mm -hmm. That became my crutch. Um, and then I came home from the Army and tried to reintegrate with society, and that was just, that was really difficult. Um, and so after about four months of putting up with my baggage and my struggles, May, it kind of came to a head when Maggie said, uh, listen, I love you, you need help. 
Uh, if you don't get help, it's not going to work out for us. Mm. Well, in the middle of that dark time, you know, God started working, right? Um, talk about how God started working in your heart and your mind in that time. Yeah, so mm -hmm. I, I get the privilege of looking back on, on things, and it's just such a, such a great testimony. That's where, that's where my testimony comes mm -hmm. in, because God was developing this rescue plan in the midst of all this darkness. And so uh, first, with the encouragement of Maggie and family, I ended up going to the VA, where I received really great counseling. Uh, they were prepared to deal with wartime veterans. Uh, they were prepared to deal with the different struggles that I was facing because they were pretty common to veterans. Um, and I was diagnosed with PTSD, and so uh, I had some pretty good intensive therapy there. Um, simultaneously, I began working as an electrician. I was an apprentice, were paired up oftentimes with a gentleman by the name of Ken. And Ken was this really great role model. He was a solid guy. He showed up to work every day. Um, he knew what he was doing. He was a seasoned pro, you know, and he had just this great demeanor about him. He was kind with the customer. He was kind with his colleagues, and I found myself, you know, just opening up to him, and I really shared some stuff that I had just kind of kept, kept to myself, you know, um, and he was really gracious. He always had a word of wisdom, mm. and it wouldn't surprise you to know that Ken was a Christian. Uh, at the time, I, I wasn't aware I was actually being shepherded, um, but Ken, Ken stuck to it, and he stuck beside me. And uh, I also had the opportunity. I was a 20-minute drive every, every day into work, and there was this radio program that I had really piqued my interest. It was by Dr. Michael Easley, uh, former president of Moody Bible Institute, and he would talk about just such great broad topics, you know, like, who is God? You know, what is the Bible? Uh, who am I? And uh, all these really great challenges, but you know, basic enough for me to grasp, you know? And one of the things that really resonated with me was he defined grace as undeserved favor in the face of deserved wrath. Mm. And that really spoke to me because I, I, knew, <laughs> I knew I was a broken man. Uh, and uh, that just, it just really spoke to me. Uh, and, I, and I would come in every morning <laughs> And man, I would bombard Ken with questions like, T Ken, talk more about this for me, you know? And he was really gracious, you know? Um, and then the fourth, you know, on the fourth front of the way God was working on me was he actually brought me to church. Uh, my wife and a mutual friend of ours, um, they wanted to go to the church down the street. And that became uh, just a lifeline. Um, we walked through the door. We met the pastor and his wife, and the worship team was there, and it was just person after person. And the way I describe it is it felt like we had gone away for a very long time and were coming back, and we were part of the family, you know? I compare it to um, a wedding reception, you know? <laughs> and somehow we had just gotten married, you know? So here we are, and just the, the, the peace and the love and the hope. And week after week, we came back, and it all culminated uh, with the invitation to have my pastor and his wife over for dinner. And that was a big deal, you know. It was, it was like having the queen over. We were like, man, you know, so we put out our best spread, you know. And it was just such an honor. Um, and they stayed, gosh, they must have stayed about four hours at our house that night. And we talked everything from, you know, what is being saved what is tithing? Because that was important to me. Um, but it was, it was just this understanding. And they were so gracious and so kind 
they knew the answers because they knew Jesus. And so that night, I remember just laying awake in bed and I was like swirling with all these answers, you know, and I said, Lord, I really don't know everything, but I know that I've done a pretty good job of running my life into the ground. I want you to be the Lord of my life. And so Jesus, I, I, I accept you as my savior. And so that was powerful enough, right? Amen. Went to bed and that following week, our dryer uh, nearly caught fire in our basement. Then uh, we had our hot water tank, which decided to just, you know, die on us and flooded our basement. Uh, it, was a bad, it was a bad week for the basement. But we, <laughs> then uh, that same week, I was involved in a hit and run accident where I was the, the victim. I was the, the victim of the run. And uh, so we're standing in the driveway, Maggie and I are talking and she's like, distraught and upset. She said, what are, what are we going to do? And I said, I really don't know, you know, but I do know that God is going to provide for us. And, uh, and he did. He certainly did. And I, I, I joke, if you look closely, you can see Maggie's jaw impression on the ground, you know, because <laughs> she was floored. This is not the Marty she knew. And so to her, she's asking, who is this man? And more importantly, who was the God behind this man? Amen. Mm. Amen. Wow. Tell us what happened after that. Yeah. Tell us about Maggie and where you are in your life today, you know? Yeah, no, there's, there's really not much to say after that. No. Uh, well, if we're pressed for time, but I, I would say this. Um, God has done so many amazing things in mm. our lives. Um, he has restored our marriage. Mm -hmm. He has given us the greatest of friendships. Um, and it, clearly, it's not all been sunshine and puppy dogs and rainbows. I mean, the first week was like, oh, wow, if this is how it's going to go, I, let me re yeah. reconsider. But, but no, I mean, there are highs, there are definite highs, there are definite lows. But in all of it, God is faithful, mm -hmm. right? And he's done some miraculous things in our lives. This is undeniable restoration of relationship and friendships, and he's blessed us so abundantly. Maggie and I have, have the privilege of celebrating 22 years this year. It is by God's grace alone, right? And we have two beautiful kids. Uh, they're, they're part of the youth group here. It's just, and, and, and most recently, that's the big thing, right? Uh, God's called us to live here in Tennessee. Uh, we literally are a thousand miles away from home, family, friends, job, church family, like everything that had become what we were rooted with is now uprooted, yeah. except God, Amen. right? And so God called us both at the same time saying, hey, you're, you're, you're to come down to Tennessee. Yeah. And it's just been open door after open door. Yeah. And the evidence of God's blessing and provision is just, it's abundant. Yeah. It's, and it's unmistakable. And we're just, we're just so blessed. So the answer is we give God all of our lives. Amen. Amen. Marty, thanks for sharing the story, man. That was awesome. <laughs> Awesome. Good job. <laughs> oh. That's amazing. And that's what God does. That's what God does in our lives and our hearts and wants us to live for him. So here's this last one, right? Advance mentally in 2022. Determine, right? Whatever you've been dealing with, whatever struggle you've been going through, we all have. We've all been walking through those. But how can we advance mentally? How can we become mentally healthy this year? And maybe there's some things you've been kind of kicking down the, the line, you know, year after year, I'm going to deal with this, I'm going to deal with this, and, and yet make this the year that I'm going to do it. 
And maybe for you, it's like, hey, I'm gonna go to a counselor. And I haven't done that. Or I'm gonna go to a marriage counselor. Let, let's, let's talk about this. And by God's grace, we have a marriage counselor on our staff. You know, Kathy Kuhn is awesome and she'll see you for the free for the first visit and then we can refer out. We have the Refuge Center right here in our community with so many different therapists or however it is. Maybe there's grief that you're dealing with. Maybe it's guilt. Maybe it's shame. Whatever it is, start to work. Maybe it's time to say, hey, I'm gonna start putting some different things in my mind. You know, when I'm driving to to work, I'm driving to school, when I'm going on these places, and what am I feeling in my mind? I wanna be mentally healthy. Look, stay strong in the Lord. This is the time to grow deeper in your faith. Whenever crisis come, that's not the time that we turn away from everybody and we turn in ourselves. That's the time that we open up and say, God, I'm gonna meet you. I wanna go on my knees. I wanna pray. I also wanna get into church, get into men's study or women's study. I wanna get into a community group. I wanna be around other believers who can pray with me and pray for me. Don't fight the battle alone. God is with you. God is for you. Stay strong in him. And look at this. Be a dispenser of God's grace. You know, the world needs hope and help. And the world's figuring out that money's not gonna be the answer, right, on mental health. Christ is the answer. And for us to be a person like Ken, like Marty was talking about, at your workplace, there are people there who need hope and help. At your school, right, in our community. And for you, just to offer hope. Offer that grace. Invite people to church. Hey, give them a book to read. Give them an email, a scripture, some way that you can be that dispenser of grace. Just think about this. All the things that, that can spread through the grace of God going into our community, going into the place around us, going into Middle Tennessee and the state and in the nation, God can bring revival through his people. The hope of the world is Jesus. Now look at this last scripture. It says in Philippians 4, do not be anxious about anything. Are you anxious today? Do you walk in with a lot of worry and fear and stress? I mean, we all have it at different times in our lives, but do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, in view of God's mercy, right? Present your request to God, and I love this, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. The world doesn't get it. The world's like, how can you have peace in the middle of what's happening? And you're like, it's Jesus. <laughs> and my mind is steadfast in him. That he's the one who's with me. Whatever comes, God's enough. The peace that passes understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Would you allow him to guard your heart and your mind today? Would you allow him to be enough for you today? Whatever you're going through, God can handle it. You know, I want to invite you to take out the communion elements. Hopefully you received those when you came in today. If you're online, I want to invite you, if you want to go to the kitchen and get some bread, some crackers, some wine, some juice. Uh, if you need the communion elements here, you can raise your hand and an usher will bring those to you. But Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he brought his disciples together. And Jesus shared the Passover meal with them. And Jesus took the bread. I want to invite you to take the bread. And after he'd given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body broken for you. Not just for the whole world, but for you, personal. In view of God's mercy. Think about it. When you were dead in your sins and your transgressions, God came to you. 
God loves you with an everlasting love. If you're a parent, you know the most precious thing you have is your kids. And God gave his one and only son for you so that he could spend eternity with you. That your sins would be atoned for. You would be redeemed. This is my body, Jesus said, broken for you. Take and eat in remembrance of him. Let's do that together. And after supper, he took the cup. He said, this is the new covenant. My blood poured out for you. You're not under the old covenant anymore, right? When you sin, when you mess up, you're out. And you live with the guilt and you live with the shame. There's a new covenant of grace. There's a new covenant of redemption. There's a new covenant of hope. That Christ is enough. That Jesus is for you. That it's not based on your performance how good you are is based on how good he is and what he's done. Jesus said, take, drink, in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. In your life, there's a God who's with you. There's a God who's for you. And he wants you to remember Remember all the time, whatever you face, God will bring you through. Let your mind be steadfast in him. I want to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. I don't know where you are today. I don't know what you've been struggling with or facing today. But would you be real with God? (laughs) Would you be just authentic right now? God knows. He's God. Maybe right now you just say, God, I want you to be the Lord of my life. (laughs) Like Marty prayed that prayer, change this life, right? Jesus, come into my heart. Redeem me. Restore me. Forgive me of my sins. I'm yours. Maybe today God's calling you to be baptized. You know, put a marker in the ground like, hey, I'm, I'm going forward in Christ. Maybe today God's calling you to to deal with some unresolved pain, unresolved hurt, to bring it to him, to lay it at his feet. Maybe God's calling you to get counseling. Maybe there's a struggle in your marriage. and God said, deal with it. Get healthy. Maybe God's calling you to pray for your kids. I don't know what's going on in your life, but I know God does. And I want to invite you right now to speak the name of Jesus. To speak the hope and the help that only Jesus can bring. To remember him and what he wants to do in you and through you. Would you totally commit your life to God right now? God, I'm yours. In the name of Jesus, we pray and we worship. Thanks for listening to our Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network. If you like this podcast, subscribe to it or share it with some friends. You can also check out some of our other great podcasts like Making History Parenting Podcast, Men's Leadership Network, RH Women's As You Go Podcast, and more. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our app, follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. We're so thankful for you.